My name is Mark Fields. I'm the high school director. Uh, I'll do a scripture reading, and then we'll, we'll hear from our senior pastor, Greg Waybright, and then I'll share a little bit after him. Would you please stand with me for the reading of God's Word? Our scripture reading for today comes from Galatians chapter 5, verses 13 through 16, and then 25 through 26. My brothers and sisters, you were chosen to be free. But don't use your freedom as an excuse to live under the power of sin. Instead, serve one another in love. The whole law is fulfilled by obeying this one command. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. If you say or do things that harm one another, watch out. You could end up destroying one another. So I say, live by the Holy Spirit's power. Then you will not do what your desires controlled by sin want you to do. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become proud. Let us not make each other angry. Let us not want what belongs to others. This is the Word of God. You may be seated. We'll hear from our senior pastor. We're beginning a series this week for our entire church that we're calling Synced, a spirit-synced way of life. Uh, what's that about? Well, what it's about is that usually our lives are directed by or are synced by our own human desires or sometimes the way everybody else thinks or the way the, the media is telling us to think. But the Bible says that the only way really to live is to keep in step with the Spirit of God, to have our lives synced by His power and, and by his ways. And that's what the Apostle Paul talks about in Galatians 5, 13 through 6, 6. It's where the fruit of the Spirit is found. And really what he's talking about is how our lives can change so that they can reflect the very ways of God, the way of life that we see in Jesus. So this series is about change. And let's face it, change is hard for us as human beings. I have an illustration of that. I have here uh, two balls, one of them a Play-Doh ball made by my assistant Tiffany, and the other one a global ball. Now, if I, I want to change the shape of these balls, what do I have to do? Well, I think that, that's not hard. If I work hard enough at it, use all the pressure I can give it, all of my energy, I, I can change things. So I take that Play-Doh ball, and I do that all my energy, all my strength, well, not all of it, but a lot of it. Look at that. The shape has been changed. So that gives us some hope. But now I have another ball. I'll call it a global ball. The ball of our world. Now I should be able to change that. I'm much bigger than it is. I can handle this thing. So then I put all my pressure on it, even more than I did on that other one. Look at it. I've got it changed. But the moment the pressure goes off, oh, it's right back to where it is. Maybe I need to have to work harder. Maybe I need more rules and instructions. Maybe I need to twist it instead of... And it keeps popping back. For some reason, I'm unable to change the shape of that thing. Now, let me just ask you this. Uh, you and I, which one are we more like? Are we more like the, the, the Play-Doh ball? Or are we more like this global ball? I tell you, it is hard to change our world. It's hard to change our own individual lives. You know, Alexander Solzhenitsyn once said that human nature changes not much faster than the geological formations of the earth. I mean, think about how slow the San Gabriel Mountains change. 
I think he was kind. Many people say we can't change at all. But I'll tell you, what we can't do, God is able to do. And that's what I want us to think about. This, this change that God wants to bring about, this, this having our lives synced by being led by the Spirit of God, is something that is so beautiful. When we see it, we know that's the way I should be living. And, and in fact, if I can communicate it well enough, you're going to have a deep longing actually to live God's way rather than the world's way. Uh, for those of you who have been with us at Lake Avenue Church this past summer, we've been seeing some of that in the book of Proverbs. And many of you have talked to me about that. Uh, you have heard us talk about a life that is free from envy. You've heard us talk about a life that is free from all the devastation that anger brings into our lives. One week, do you remember I talked about being free from, from that lust that leads to uh, sexual unfaithfulness and breaks our marriages and breaks our families? Uh, the past week I talked about a life that's free from, from us just sort of giving up and instead having a life that's focused each moment to making the most of each day God has given us. And all of you have said, yes, that's the way I want to live. And yet the fact is, simply knowing how we're supposed to live doesn't seem to give us enough power actually to live that way. In fact, when you look back in the Old Testament, they wanted to live that way too. They loved the law of God. There are whole psalms about the beauty of, of God's laws and God's teaching. They wanted to live that way. Uh, Proverbs, most of it written by Solomon probably, was the way that gives you wisdom that teaches you how, how that life might actually look and how we can bring it about. But in spite of the fact that they had the laws, which are good, teaching us how to live, and they had some wisdom talking about how we might get there, none of them could live that way. Uh, not Moses, nor Solomon. So it just seemed hopeless. And yet there was a prophecy uh, in Jeremiah uh, that said this beautiful way that all of us want to live, but none of us has is something that someday is going to become possible, that God is going to do something, that that law that we had that we couldn't keep and that wisdom that we had that we couldn't do is going to be written on our hearts. And that all was launched when Jesus came. And now there is a hope for you and me to actually change and live a beautiful life free from all of that junk uh, and living the way God made us to live. And, and that power comes through the presence of God's Holy Spirit lived within the community of his people who are praying for us, instructing us, holding us accountable, and that's what I want us to think about. I'm just telling you the alternative uh, to living for God is not a beautiful one. Uh, it, it feels like a trap. That's exactly the way that you'll see the Apostle Paul describing it. It's like we are enslaved to a way of life, and it's not a very pretty thing. If you see in, in, in Galatians chapter 5, he says, this is what it, it looks like if you just keep living in sync with your own uh, human desires, your own flesh, or the world's ways. He says, here's what it's going to look like. It's going to end up in a life of sexual immorality, debauchery, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition... And we see all of that. We see it in our world. We see it in our lives. And it's the thing that we want to be set free from within the context of our church. And, and so for so long as a pastor, I've, I've been thinking, God tells us that it's through the power of the Spirit at work within a local church, just like Lake Avenue Church, that we have this promise that we're going to be conformed to the image of Jesus, that beautiful way of life is going to be brought about. And that's what I want us to think about and pray about all fall.
what it looks like. It looks like what's called the fruit of the Spirit. And what you're going to see is it looks a lot like the way that Jesus lived. How does that happen in our lives? How is it that the change that he brings, that works from the inside out, actually works within us? That's what we're going to be thinking and praying about week by week by week. I simply want to tell you this, sort of summarizing what I see in in Galatians 5 and 6, that when we see this way of life that we want to live, no rules anybody could give to you are powerful enough to restrain your sin. Uh, Let me tell you this too. No self-effort that you can engage in is passionate enough to to suppress those temptations in such a way that your life actually changes. But here's the good news. What you and I cannot do in our own strength and what all the legalism and all the rules that you have in this world cannot produce, the Spirit of God can do within the context of God's people. And we are people of the Spirit. Uh, you, You have to recognize that the Apostle Paul lived this and preached this. I think a few weeks ago I mentioned to you Romans 7 and 8 in which he said, there's a way I want to live, but those very things I want to do, I don't do. Those things I don't want to do, those are the very things I do. It's hopeless for me, he said. Can any of you relate to what he said? I'm sure you can. But then he says, thanks be to God. There's hope even for me, for there's no condemnation, Romans 8.1, for those who are in Christ Jesus. Uh, Jesus can cleanse you of the sin that keeps you from God, but he doesn't leave us there. We become people of the Spirit, with this promise that when we are in sync with the Spirit and the Spirit is working through us, someday God is going to fulfill this promise that we're going to be what we were supposed to be in the first place, conformed to the image of Jesus. And and while he's doing this work, you can read it in Romans 8, there is nothing that is going to separate you from the love of God that has come in Christ Jesus until he completes that promise in your life. This is going to be worth thinking about as a church, isn't it? Our children are going to be thinking and praying about this. Our students are going to be doing it as well. And I pray all the way up to our most senior adults. We are going to think about this beautiful life lived in sync with the Spirit of God. Uh, It all happens because the blood of Jesus has already taken place. It all happens because the Spirit of God is real. And is ready to dwell in all who believe in Jesus. It all happens because we live day by day practically in the context of a community of people where this word will be taught, where prayer will be engaged in, where we are together on this journey living in sync with the Spirit of God. I'm now going to have... uh, Uh, Mark Fields, my wonderful colleague, come up and talk to us a little bit about what this might look like and some of the matters about this that have been deep on his heart. Mark, come share with us what God has given to you. Yes, sir, I will. Uh, uh, We're going to be talking about what it means to be synced. And this is the kind of synced imagery I want you to have, is a hand kind of clasped together. You could take your hands together and go like this a little bit. Um, What does it mean to be synced? And when I think about what it means to be synced, the first thing that comes to my mind is what it means to not be synced and what that feels like. I think we're all familiar with what it looks like to not be synced. This is what it looks like for me in my life. Uh, it's time to go somewhere, 
And we got to get in the car. We got to get both the girls in the car. Uh, I have a three-year-old daughter, a one-year-old daughter. They're both beautiful. Uh, and then I have uh, the wife who uh, we produce both of them, and she's even more beautiful than them. Um, and so we all got to get in the car and go somewhere. And I want us to be in sync, uh, but sometimes we're simply together, right? So this is connected, but this is in sync. So we get in the car. And Karen is next to me. I'm assuming she already pulled up the map, right? And maybe she does have a map, but, um, you know, God forbid she's using Apple Maps or something. So she gets in the car, and I'm like, well, how are we going to get there? What's the best way? And then I look over to her, and she said, oh, you know, I was kind of taking a break because the daughters aren't all over me. So I was just kind of catching up on stuff. So then I start to get a little bit frustrated. And so then soon I'm pulling out my own phone because if it were me in Hersey, I would say, well, you're going to make a left here and then a right and three miles down the road, then I'll give you another instruction. But for her, you know, she's, she's catching up, she's resting. So she'll say, okay, we're going to make a left here. And so I'm kind of like on edge or whatever. So I'm connected to her, but we're not in sync because I want her to be doing something she's not. We're just not on the same level, the same page. So soon I kind of pull out my uh, device of distrust, right? Showing her that I'm not quite, you know, following your direction. I'm on my own now, right? We are not in sync. Many of us in this room, You know what it feels like to not be in sync with your direct reports or with your boss. You think this is important and they think that is important and you guys are kind of missing each other. You're connected. You're trying to accomplish the same goals, but you're not in sync. Some of us on sports teams, you know what it's like when the one person on the team just won't get with the play. They think they're an all-star. They just won't follow directions. And now we're all kind of losing, right, this game because we're not in sync together. So when we talk about what does it mean to be in sync, right? A life that's synced with the Holy Spirit. It starts with connection. It starts with connection. There's an image of a Wi-Fi signal, right? Because uh, we know what it's like to be connected to Wi-Fi. And we know what it's like when we're not connected to Wi-Fi. And we also know what it's like to be connected to um, weak uh, boo-boo Wi-Fi. And we also know what it's like to be connected to great Wi-Fi. Okay? I like the thought of... Using Wi-Fi as the connection piece, as our faith, the first step to being connected or in sync with God is this, this connection with Christ. And 2 Corinthians 1, 21 and 22 talks about the fact that we are in Christ, but that Christ, God seals us with his Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit is in us. The scriptures also say both to will and to do for our, uh, the Holy Spirit is in us, right? Working in us. I just, the, off the top of my head, I missed the scripture, right? It, uh, he's at, at work in us both to will and to do for his good pleasure. So the Holy Spirit is leading us to this place where we're following him. So that's the connection piece. So the Holy Spirit is in us. But sometimes we are just not synced because we don't trust him. We don't trust his leading. Just like I didn't trust my wife sometimes when we're driving. Just like sometimes we don't trust our spouses or our kids when our kids are actually right. We don't trust them. So we look at this image of what it looks like to not trust. We have a choice to trust. And so did the people in Galatians, right? Paul's writing to these people who are losing their trust. They're connected to Christ, but as Pastor Greg mentioned, they're starting to put more and more faith and belief in in these laws and rules and rule following. And Paul is saying, no, 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 guys. That's not the the, the point. We need to be synced. We need to be together. We need to be trusting. We need to be in line with, connected to the Holy Spirit. And so I love this, the scripture, verse, chapter 5, verse 25. You'll see it on the screen behind me. 
This is kind of Paul's thesis statement at the end of this fruit of the Spirit section, where he's talking about a life lived uh, following the Spirit's lead. It says, since we live by the Spirit, let us march in step with the Spirit. We live by the Spirit. Paul is assuming, right? He wants to continue to drill in the fact that we are connected and the Holy Spirit is in us, guiding us and leading us, speaking. He's our governor and he's, he's showing with us, sharing us with us where we need to go. And then it says, since that's the truth, since that's what's already happening, let us march in step with the Spirit. There's a part that God has already done and there's a part that we do in our choice, and our actions. And some of us are experiencing greater love and greater peace because we're following God. And things that don't necessarily look exactly like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, all those, right? I want to bring my brother Nate and my brother Luke up to the stage. We're going to show you what does this look like. You can give them a round of applause while they come. It's not always easy. All right? What does it look like to, to be in sync with the Holy Spirit? What does this look like? All right, Nate. You're going to be the Holy Spirit, okay? Luke, you're going to chill back. You're going to eventually be my small group leader, okay? Now, Nate is here, and Nate is the Holy Spirit. So, Nate, you're just going to move your mouth, and we're going to have a conversation, because sometimes when the Holy Spirit speaks to me, there, nobody else can really hear it, right? And they, they may not understand it anyway, even if they kind of, like, heard the same thing. It wouldn't mean the same thing to them. So you're just going to move your mouth, and we're going to march in step together, okay? You're going to move your mouth for us. Yes, I do want to buy a home in the next five years. Yes, really, in California. I know, well, I, I know I should probably adjust my budgets and the way I'm spending, but I, I think there's a, a way I can do it. No, I, I, just, I think that I can do it this way and still kind of accomplish that. And so then I start to get away from how the Holy Spirit is leading me. Now, you're going to stay there, Nate. And I start to come away. The scripture talks about how we can become hard of, hard-hearted. And we can't hear. We don't, we don't, I, I'm not hearing God because I'm not open to hear, right? God is so willing to speak. Sometimes we're just less willing to listen. And so I end up over here. How do I know that God is the one speaking to me? How do I know it's the Holy Spirit's leading? Well, the scripture, does it line up with scripture? So then I get in my scripture and the scriptures tell me in Proverbs 13, 20, uh, 22, 13, 11, I think. 13, 11. Right, that a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. So now this impression that I had from the Holy Spirit is lining up with what the scriptures are telling me to do. Right, and in prayer... God is speaking to me, right? Is this going to make me more like Jesus, more? How am I, am I in sync? So then I get into my small group, and my small group leader is starting to share with me, hey, Mark, you know, I know you said you wanted to, to kind of like get in line. I know you said you wanted to uh, buy a home in California in the next five years. So why, you're going to need to see this financial advisor. And then the, my small group leader helps me to get back into a place where I'm in line with the Holy Spirit. Small groups are important. Thank you, guys. Thank you, thank you. Let's give them a round of applause. Another one. There is so much at stake in the way that God leads us, us being synced. There's a lot at stake. Sometimes it doesn't feel that way. When God moves us to adjust our schedule, you need to go to bed early or you need to change your eating or something, some small impression. It doesn't seem like it's going to affect me, right? But the way I spend affects my wife. It affects her ability to love, her ability to have peace and joy and all these fruit of the Spirit, right? These things affect those people who are connected to us. 
There's a lot at stake. When he asked me to be a volunteer, and he's been saying the same thing, kind of whispering. Every time there's a volunteer recruitment, you feel this inspiration. And then I don't listen, kind of come over here. But there are people and kids and people's future and destinies that are connected to whether or not I'm listening and following in step with how the Holy Spirit is leading me. So as we start this series of what it means to be synced, let us remember, we live by the Spirit. So let us also walk in step with the Spirit. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, you are so faithful on your end. You've shown your love for us by giving your only Son. So Father, we want to be more in sync with you. We don't want to be just connected. We want to follow your lead. We may not be able to see how it's going to turn out on the other end, Father. Father, we want to be synced with you. Help us, Lord, to trust you and be synced. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen.